From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State, and all across America and the world, this is The Big and Wild Outdoors. With your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Glenn Kinman. Hey everybody, welcome in. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Man, you say that that voice like you're trying to sneak up on something. Trying to sneak up in here and everywhere else, man. Trying to get in here. We're in the studio today, Braden, Glenn, Bill, and some special guest over there drinking out of the wrong kind of cup, but he said he purchased it before they went bad, so it's all good. Actually a gift. A gi- oh, yeah, so you can't get rid of it. Someone gave it to you as a gift, so yeah. it's all good. Now, <clears throat> remember now, this is radio, so you got to get really close to that microphone. Got Almost it. like uh, eating one of those lollipops. Just consider it a corn dog. <laughs> Pretend you're at the strawberry festival and you got there and they've been working on you all day and you're like, man, I finally got to get one of them corn dogs. And then you put it right there in front of your face. Is that good? I don't know. Will it work? I don't know. It he, works. Hasn't, he hasn't taken a bite of it yet. So we're going <laughs> to <see. laughs> <We're waiting. laughs> We got Trying that seat jack. Coffee. We got the seat jacked up high enough as, as high as it'll go. So hopefully. Well, I certainly hope so yeah, because mine's, mine's sinking. <clears throat> Again, what is there something with these seats in here? Yeah, wore out. You got to get here early so you can call. You know, if you get here, you can kind of get the one you want. Well, Dave came in, decided to join us today. I don't know why, because there's plenty of good fishing that could be had today. Last well, place I, you want to be is in here. Well, I can go during the week now. See, oh, so. you got that big R in front of your name now, That's or right. after your name, retired Dave, retired. <laughs> yeah, my new last name is retired. But this is going to be a great day today. It's supposed to be up to, yes, ladies and gentlemen, listening up north and around the world, 80 degrees. Welcome to the end of December. (laughs) Florida. 80 80 degrees. And we may get a cold front by Thursday. So, Which means we'll have some rain. (laughs) We may get some rain and uh, temperatures are going to plummet down into the 70s. So it'll it'll just be devastating around here. So uh, 80 degrees for today, and I was planning on going out, taking the kids uh, shooting today, so we'll be undercover. Where, you going, where are you going shooting? Wyoming Antelope Club, or St. Pete Is that the- Pistol Range, or whatever you want to call it these days. It's uh, I went over there on Wednesday, Wednesday, went over to go shoot. We got there. I had to wait till <clears throat> my brother... Got off work at 3 o'clock, so he was like, well, hold on, man, I want to go over with you. So he waited around, and then he was like, man, I'm not going to make it, so uh, you guys go without me. So we drove over there. I didn't know the new hour is 9 to 1. So I'm sitting here at the gate. It's locked. It's closed. I called Rick, Rick Gaylord, and I was like, what's going on at the club, man? What's going on? Why is the gate closed? Oh, man, they're only open at 1 o'clock. I was like, what the what? So I'm going over today. Got to roar up to seven millimeter uh, 08 <clears throat> and the two new uh, Duke, two new Christmas gifts for this year. So we got to go warm up the barrels. See how they shoot. So you get something new this year for Me? Christmas? Uh, yeah. No, I got a pocket knife. Did <clears throat> you get uh, some new ammo you need to try out? Nope. I got a pocket knife. <laughs> well, I guess you're just going to have to really work hard to hit that target at 20 yards with your pocket knife. A 100-yard shot's going to be kind of tough. I'm going to have to aim about uh, 100 feet high <laughs> and have it drop in, hopefully, and 
hit the target. Uh, no, but it's for the kids. Barrett got a new uh, twenty two pistol, and Ridian got her very first rifle, a little nice pink cricket with a uh, <clears throat> standard four power scope on it. So we're going to go down there and roar out to everything, scare everybody off the range. You get it, get it sighted in, and uh, and let's go find some squirrels. <clears throat> well, Barrett, time for that. Barrett's uh, trying to get the seven millimeter uh, honed in so he can go with Bill George and go kill pigs. That's what he told me anyway. Okay. That's what I heard on the streets. It's already on the streets, man. It's on the street. It's on the street. Well, we'll just have to try and make it happen. You were supposed to end that sentence with word. Word? <laughs> Aaron gets it. Nobody else gets it? I guess. No. I guess we're the youngest people in the room, Aaron. You and me. We're the youngest ones here. <coughs> word. I guess I'm the oldest. Yes, I guess. Because you were really, really quiet, Dave. Uh, why didn't everybody slide the donuts in front of me? That's what I'm asking. Because uh, we we already had ours, and we want oh, to work it. You get here early, you can have a cup of coffee and a donut. I got a co- I stopped and got a coffee thing of my hopper from. That's uh, how they get to talk, you know. That's that's what I, that's how we get a word in The only person that Aaron hadn't got one yet, too. So. Oh, do you want one? I'll get one a little bit later. Oh sure, yeah. After first thing, but, but Braden's going to lick all of them. That's over what here. I always see say. which one he wants. Uh, what are these piles of paper you put in here? You think we're going to cover all of this on the show? No, but uh, I figured as fast as you read and quick as you talk, it'll only last about 30 minutes. Quickest <laughs> <laughs> quick show of the new year. I mean, almost new year. There's a top 10 list in there, and he's never gotten through a top 10 list in 15 minutes. Never. In 15 years, I've never gotten through a ten uh, top 10 in the first segment. Never. No way. No how. Well, he, I know you do a good job trying anyway. Yeah, whatever. We'll see. Uh, anybody got plans for today? You going fishing after you get out of here? I, I don't have any plans, that, uh, but the, that picture that that friend of mine sent by accident to show off that buck that he had on his trail cam, I kind of invited myself after 10 o'clock. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Just to go see if the camera's okay? Yeah, I said, man, you know what? You probably need some help with that. Just go check on the camera. That, that's all you're doing, right? Yeah, but that was really uh, <clears throat> a nice buck to be over there in Polk County running around. Well, you need to be worried about somebody else. Well, that person is uh, fixing to head to Tennessee for a week. So uh, I guess it, it's just one of them things. Who, what, where? What are you talking about? Well, the girls uh, are headed with the church group up to Nashville and into uh, Dollywood and all that kind of stuff for the start next week. So, <laughs> so I told you're going to be home alone? I told Courtney, I said, listen, uh, <laughs> I might have to go up there and do some more hunting. You know, we're allowed two bucks off that lease, so uh, if you're not here to get it, I guess I'll have to collect it for you. Well, if you uh, get the one that's apparently on trail cam, you can worry about that one later, when, maybe when she gets back. Yeah, so if you were good- if, she, if it's still available, because if Bill goes up there, you know, it's free game. It's the Bill's or anyone who else is hunting up there, so there's no guarantee so, so for any of it. eight points show back up? I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it, so... Think he got run off a shot? I think somebody got him. Or <clears throat> if somebody get, didn't get him, uh, he, he must have got the news and said, I better bolt. <laughs> I better, I better get not. back across the fence where uh, the management property's at because nobody hunts there. Sweet, really? Is that Bill George? No, Bill don't even hunt over no. there. Do you I don't even what? hardly hunt where I can hunt. <laughs> the last two weekends, I haven't even been to the woods. Wow. Dave, you've been awful quiet over there. Well, I ain't even been in the woods since I got back from Illinois. 
Yeah, well, and, and, and did you stay after, or did you leave with Glenn? No, I, I thought you stayed. I with came him. back with Glenn. Yeah, yeah. Last year, he he. I think it was last year, the year before, he dumped me, and I had to yeah, come back right. with that. Yeah, I, I dumped him and stayed up there for two or three more days. Right. And <clears throat> did you do any better, or was it just wasted time? No, I I done good then. I killed two one in about three minutes. <laughs> really? <clears throat> and that was during bow season. Yeah. Really. Well, Good last job. year that's how I, that's how I had a, such a great year last year that this year was a real letdown because I didn't really do anything. Well, I passed up some small bucks, but and I say small bucks, I shouldn't have shot them anyway. If I, if I would have shot them, but they were too small. Well, <laughs> but they were still legal. Yeah, but they, they were just, legal, but they just didn't meet the criteria. Did Dave, you see they, the, Dave's criteria? Did you see the one that uh, that Glenn passed up on day one? Did you see a picture of that or anything? The one. I think the one. The one. Uh, the one, the really nice one. It was what? It was an eight point or something you passed up on the first the, day? The first one that came through was the eight. And, uh, but you know what? Uh, them body, the bodies on them deer is just so big that they make the handlers look small. They do that now. But That's looking on sure. the camera after the fact, and, uh, yeah, he was, a, he was definitely a good, a good deer. And you should have taken it. Oh, okay. Especially when he says he's going up there to get meat. Yeah, and then he got caught hunting antlers. Yeah, but he got he got does. Yeah, got does I did bring freezer, back so. two, but the uh, but that uh, three bucks in thirty minutes, forty five minutes tops uh, in the first day of sitting, and it was one of them things. It's going to be a great week up there, and it turned out that uh, the rain had a different plan for us for three days. So <laughs> I, I should have taken uh, next time if the opportunity presents itself. I might be a little more lenient on my expectations. I always think of that uh, that old book I used to read. It says, never sniff a gift fish. And so when that first big eight point came walking through there, yeah, I'd have probably been done yeah. for the rest of the week. And I could have slept in every day the rest of the, the week, week that I was there. You know? The thing <laughs> is, we didn't see any does hardly. I mean, I, it, it's probably the worst year I've ever been far as seeing deer. Yeah. And does just, just did not see them. Wow. And then, of course, the guys that uh, hunted later in the in the, the beginning of November, uh, up through Thanksgiving, uh, they seen plenty of deer, plenty of does. So the, the deer were there. It was just the weather for us; just didn't match up. So, and, and my brothers are back up in Pennsylvania, and shame on them. And they're they're seeing bucks where we weren't seeing bucks that one week that we were up there. You know, the deer are there. Is just uh, you just you know a lot of it has to deal with uh, the weather as well. So they're. You know, you got that. You got to have everything just perfectly aligned for that great opportunity. Of course, I've killed some nice stuff in the most uh, heaviest rainstorms here in Florida. Um, nothing up there because when you're archery hunting, I, I'm kind of more. I don't want to hunt when it's raining because that way it's, it's easier. It's going to be hard to find a deer, wash the blood away, and it runs down there in that thicket. Do you got to get that old, uh, what is that, tracker string thing they used to make? They still make that? Teflon. The what Teflon tape looking stuff. What was that thing no. called? The, is it the game tracker? Yeah, that was game it. Tracker. Game tracker. Little barb on the end of your arrow. Yeah, and had the, like 200 yards of light or something. And it like, would like dental floss. Yeah, and it would just peel out and you end just find it. You just get that when you're out in the rain. Yeah, we'll try that next time. Or just buy yourself some dental floss. It's cheaper. All right, got to take a break. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors broadcasting live in the studio today. We are brought to you by G5 Feed and Outdoors and Brandon Ford. Thank you. 
Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back in. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden, Glenn, Dave, and Bill, and Aaron over in the other side of glass. By the way, before we get too talky-talky, if you're up early this morning looking for something to do, how about trying to win a uh, pair, a, uh, a nice wicked light? We're giving that away today, right? Yes, that's correct. It'll be given away going either picked up or <coughs> shipped to someone this, today. No, all you got to do to uh, get your name in the hat is just call the show. That's all you got to do is call and put your name in there. You don't have to talk to us if you don't want to, if you're too shy, shy. Hush, hush. How do I? You can call uh, 888-404-1010. It's 888 Just give us your name and number, and we'll put it in the little uh, shaky, shaky, uh, whatever that thing is, Rubbermaid dealio, and we'll put your name in there, and it uh, we'll it, give it away by the end of the show today. It's not very well made. I dropped it on the floor, and it cracked the I bottom see. out, but that, that, no good. tickets have escaped. No. They're still in. So uh, your, uh, sister, your daughter-in-law came into the store yesterday and uh, regaled me of the snowball fight that you guys had at your house the other day <laughs> for Christmas. Christmas Day. And I said, what? Snowball fight? And she said, I said, I thought she was talking about those uh, the snowballs that Hostess used to make, you know, the double D. Yes. Being a Southern and a Florida guy, I, I, didn't, I immediately did not think of frozen water. I thought, <laughs> I thought of the old... Hostess snowballs, and I was like, what, did you guys have like a food fighter? She's like, no, we had a, a real snowball fight. Uh, your grandson, uh, Wyatt, kept saying that it was going to snow for Christmas Day, and uh, apparently your lovely wife, Ginger, who is smarter than the average bear, uh, decided to say, you know what, we're going to figure out how to get some snow down here, and Lauren said that um, she made a phone call or something to some snow cone place or something, and... I don't I don't remember the rest of the story, but she said she got a bunch of them, and you guys had a huge snowball fight on Christmas Day. Yeah, there's a, a store right there in, in uh, at the corner of Winhurst and Wheeler. It's called Bahama Bucks, and they had a sign out front, you know, uh, right there where the public shopping plaza is, and it said uh, snowballs. And so Ginger inquired about it, and the lady, of course, was going to be they're closed on Christmas. And uh, but White was pretty adamant that for whatever reason he had it in his mind that it was going to snow. And it was, was going to snow, Grandpa. <laughs> It's going to have a snowball fight. You know, a four-year-old kid, he's just got it in his mind, and there wasn't no changing it. And uh, so Ginger stopped in there on Monday, on Christmas Eve, and the lady said, yeah, that they were be closed. And uh, But since Wyatt, you know, she said some four-year-old kid really has his heart set on it, she would come in early Christmas morning and make them for us. And uh, so they did. You could get like 60 snowballs the size of a baseball, and they come in a styrofoam cooler and uh for like 20 bucks and of course that was a no-brainer so ginger got two of them and went there the lady <laughs> called and she got there at five o'clock that morning so and wait, made up the snowballs you had 120 course. snowballs out there yes <laughs> and i and i will say being uh you know hunting up in illinois with all that snow over the years uh it was pretty it was dead on for uh like regular snow so it wasn't icy night. or like it wasn't anything. hard it was it was put together but as soon as you threw it it would just disintegrate and just be a big old mist of uh, flaked ice. So it was like really nice powder snow. Yes, it was good and powdery. So uh, we had a good time. It was definitely uh, something that we may probably have to start doing every Christmas. We'll bring the snow to us. You know, if it ain't going to come on its own naturally, we'll just go down there to uh, Bahama Bucks. Lady was very nice, and uh, it was. Uh, but what a great um, on her part to put that out there. That's I don't know smart. how many snowballs she sold. That is smart for the season, but it was definitely uh, it was a, a, a treat for us. So. I'm surprised that didn't make like the local local news that this woman was doing that because that is so 
That is so Florida typical. You know, <laughs> we got all these people who've moved here from up north and want to get away from snow and don't want to be anywhere anywhere to snow. And then the first thing they do is go to the local snow cone guy and go, hey, can you make snowballs for Christmas Day? So we and a lot of times when you get them and you put them up, they'll get hard. You know, they'll, yeah, they get and crusty. Then, then when you hit somebody with it, like hurt. them with a rock. <laughs> they hurt like crap. I'll cut but, you, man. But those, uh, they say they'll last about up to two hours in that styrofoam cooler before they start breaking down. And, of course, uh, but, you know, just that streak for us, it worked out very well. So next year, if uh, someone's looking for a snowball fight, that might be the place to go get them. They're right there at Bahama Bucks at Windhurst and Kingsway. So how many uh, how many people did you have out there hurling uh, man-made snowballs at each other? All I can say is 120 snowballs went pretty quick. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, it started out as fun, and then it turned into a competition, yeah, a real snowball fight. Yeah, it was uh, It was definitely – it was cool, you know. It was a nice morning. You know, Christmas morning was in – the. Uh, it was like 57 at our house and uh for the morning low and then uh, having that fog and it just fit everything went well there on christmas morning that's with the, awesome uh, man with that is really, well that's a memory that kid will probably never forget uh i can already say that it'll it'll happen again next year because he's already i'm sure he's gonna say it's gonna snow again yeah <laughs> he's smart fella he knows what to say for 40 bucks i can make it snow for at least 12 minutes and yeah then it was done. Uh, it went pretty quick you know um but like I said, it was uh, it was definitely like you said, it was a kind of a unique experience. But uh, for local people, local media didn't pick anything up, and they may have. I don't know. You know, I'm always the last one to know anyhow. So, uh, but it worked out well, <laughs> only because it's the one person that's not a relative. Yeah, really. Yeah, that's true. Now, this where what was the name of this place again? Bahama Bucks. I'm gonna have to go check it out. They got Bucks. that flavored ice. You know, they put all that. The shaved ice. Oh, that's yeah. the best. Those are the best snow cones, man. Oh, yeah. Real powdery, real nice. Yeah. It gets smushy, and oh, it's almost like ice cream. Now, if you can get those and take them out fishing with Dave, because if you ever go fishing with Dave, you, <laughs> you got to plan on an all-day trip. <laughs> of course, you know, our buddy Doug, uh, he went to the hospital that evening after going fishing with Dave because he got uh, sun poisoning. Yeah, I've and, wore uh, many of them out. <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely done that. And uh, so that would definitely be something to take with you. Some of that. I'm going to get a cooler full of snowballs and just well, take them with me. Yeah, Put them the, down your collar some days. Yeah, when the kids were young and we'd go up to Pennsylvania to go hunt deer, if we had good snow when we left there and we had free cooler space, we used to always pack the coolers that we took with snow and bring it back for snowball fights. And that was a pretty neat thing for the kids in the neighborhood. But yeah, in Illinois, I've, all, I've been up there several times and take that good clean snow when it was like 18 inches or two yes. foot deep and pack the deer with it. Yes. You know, get them clean, gutted, and everything, and pack it in the chest cavity, and, man, it chills them down quick. Yeah, that's that's cheap. But that's cheap. You don't have to buy it. You know, it's already falling down, and you have to walk through it. But Yeah, you don't have to go buy that ice. <laughs> makes it a lot easier. But, yeah, next time we have a little get-together, we may have to try that Bahama Buck snowballs there for the kids when they come over, Braden. I like it. I think it's a good idea. Well, that, that sounds like one of those Christmas traditions that you got to keep alive now that you started it. You know, you got to have a snowball fight, and then uh, later on it turns into a water hose fight. So if it gets real cold, yeah, you got to wash the snow away. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't. I can promise you this. Yeah. Uh, after about five seconds on the ground, uh, it start. It didn't take long for it to dissipate. It would. Uh, but yeah, yeah, welcome to Florida. Yeah, it shouldn't. Uh, Hot, humid, and wet. Uh, yeah, but you know, we had a great Christmas. Uh, I don't know what Bill George did. He was probably out feeding deer or something. Did you did you do anything at all, snowball fight or anything? No. We got back. My uh, wife got a new game camera, 
and um she went and her we hurried back home and got it put back in the backyard and her very first thing was a possum that had come in and it literally got run off she had it where it was taking some video too as well as a picture and the possum was there and then all of a sudden five raccoons came and chased that possum out of the back. <laughs> this is our buffet. Get on out of here. What kind of game he cam was did you get? I mean, he was he was outclassed. Man. What kind of game cam did you get, Bill? I, I don't even know what it was. Oh my god. What'd you just take a shot? Let me uh, on the street corner some guy had it. Listen, blown to no, somebody my else. wife told my mom what she wanted. It was something she found on Amazon, had five stars and Amazon was, e- was you know, economical. <laughs> I guess so. You know, last year I got her the one with the cell phone thing, and that worked real good, except for AT&T. For some reason, every time one picture comes, they were charging her for three, AT&T, and she wasn't going to deal with that. She don't mind doing, you know, but she's not going to get ripped off. So she turned around, and she decides she was okay with walking to the backyard and checking the chip. So she does that. So now you day. got a, a game cam used for cheap. Yeah, <laughs> and all you gotta do is have what AT and T. Yeah, well, it has a chip in it. It it you don't no matter what you have, but well, I know uh, no good anymore. I know you've been real happy with the the this what is it the spy, spy points point. that spy you got point spy point dark uh, the reviews are out on it. You know, it's fairly new uh, for this past eight year for eighteen, and uh, I have three of them. I do have uh, a Verizon one and two of the ones that use everybody's cell signal and uh work both all three of them have been working pretty doggone well one one of the things that when i was looking at those cameras was they actually have a plan as if you're only going to use a few pictures it wouldn't be good on a feeder but if you had a game trail or something you were trying to watch you know it, it would uh turn around and send you a s- certain number of pictures for free it was included as part of that that package each each month mm-hmm. yes yeah, five points the same way and and that's what i'm saying that's what i was looking at because i was talking to a game warden who actually you know what do we call with we used to call them game wardens now they're wildlife, wildlife officer. officers um but they were you know when you're trying to work and they're out there trying to protect our resource they know people are going through a gate or something like that he'd like to put a camera on that gate and see when somebody goes through yeah they're out there Wherever you go. We are Big and Wild Outdoors. Got to take a quick break. Brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors. Brandon Ford. When we come back, we're going to talk about a little bit of Chaz or Whisker Fishing. We'll be right back. What in the world is that? Aaron's digging it over there. Welcome back, everybody. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors. Oh, it's the doors. Brandon, Glenn, Dave, and uh, Bill George, we're in the studio today. Before we went to break, Glenn alluded to the fact that he's going to make Dave tell us all his secret spots. <laughs> and, of course, started with uh, Chazawiska. And, uh, you know, I used to fish up there a lot, and then it got a little complicated around the uh, the uh, river there. And, you know, there are certain places that are closed at night and this, that, and the other thing. is, uh, Are you fishing it just strictly during the day, Dave, and then coming back out of there? Or wh- where are you uh, putting in at where you can go out and stay all day? Or- well, now you don't have to worry about even at night. I mean, there's really the only restrictions they've got up there right now that they've had for several years is the airboat restrictions. And that's why I quit going. Yeah, yeah, right. I'm done. That's, that's airboats are pretty much out of the question. Is 
now you can run the river and then stay out in the main channel and head out from there. But far as the uh, part of the refuge area, you cannot run airboat in there, anywhere in there. Um, but I'm I'm actually leaving to go up there Sunday afternoon. I'll be headed up there after church Sunday afternoon. So last, week before last, I I went out to a little spot that I've been that I found on a GPS with a local guy up there, a buddy of mine, Gene. He's about seventy eight years old, been up there for years. Actually had one of the first houseboats basically when there used to be a lot of houseboats on the river. When people actually used to live on, on the, water. the river, on yeah. the water ride. Right? Yeah. And then they made it to where then you could maintain those. But if it fell in, you could not rebuild it. That's right. Once it went into disrepair. That, it was done. It was, you could yeah. not go back in there. Yeah, and I think that that's one of the reasons why that was the beginning of the end for a lot of boats and a lot of air boaters and stuff. Because then the kayakers moved in and the canoers moved in. And, I mean, it's a pretty river. It really is. I've kayaked it many times. And, uh, you know, they don't want to compete with that giant wind maker as it's going by and all that stuff. Although there are some spots on that river where... Uh, you know, you could lose the lower unit on that. Oh, I, I know There's all a, about that. Yeah, I mean. You uh, can see a lot of scars on rocks <laughs> yeah, from an airboat because I used to look at them whenever I'd go up there and do some crabbing and some mullet yigging and uh, some little bit of other fishings and stuff. But, but uh, those rocks, you could see the battle scars on them. Oh, yeah. And <clears throat> I know that a lot of people, that's why they went to airboats is because they uh, would run up and down that river, uh, even out all the way to the Gulf of Mexico, and, and fish those areas out there, those oyster bars out there. And uh, once they passed that law, and then, of course, once you had more people moving next to the river and building homes instead of on the water, next to the water, uh, of course, they complained as well, and so things got kind of shut down. So. Yeah, so when you when you get up there, there's so many. I mean, it's not like when you, when you go there, you can bass fish. You can stump knocker fish, you know, or you can go on out and you can catch, you know, the trout, the reds, and the snook. I'm probably, I probably shouldn't be saying this, but the snook over the last five years is unbelievable how it has um, populated up there. I'm, I'm not talking about, you know, tons of small ones. I think the time that Glenn and Doug went with me, it was in January. And it was cold. It's when that, you know, we, we had warmed up, and then it just got bitter cold. And that was a rough day that day. But when we were going out, we started seeing snook and, and basically kind of halfway counting. I mean, from one turn in the river to another turn, you were probably looking at 150 snook. Wow. And coming into, I, I keep my boat when I'm there in a boathouse, and... uh Actually, coming out the end of my boathouse, I'll back my boat out, turn it around, and I won't even crank my motor. I'll just drop my trolling motor down. So between, I'm at the end of the one little canal that feeds into the river. So from between there and the end of the canal, I'm usually already caught two or three bass. And then the other day, I had a 32-inch snook. <laughs> now, now get this. Now, That's great. I've got this. I, I fished the river. With a little topwater plug, and I and I told Kevin Little, Captain Kevin Little, yesterday I talked to him, and he's going to be looking for me some of those plugs. They don't make them anymore. It's the Golden Eye Lures, little Goodrod brand, and they don't make them. They made the Maverick. Remember the Maverick? Oh, that was a great. Oh bait. yeah, the one I one I like. Chartreuser man was a trout yeah, slayer. I've got man. the red and white one, some of the older ones, but I've got the one I've got is called a Nimble Nose. 
I'll show you a picture of it on my phone in a minute. But anyway, that's so I'm throwing that little plug, and by the time I get to the end of the canal, I've got that 1,000 stratic with the 10-pound line on a 7-foot falcon rod. I get to the end of the beginning of my canal into the main one at a buddy of mine, Gene's boathouse, and I hook a fish, and next thing I know, he's making the corner. Into the now, now here I am with that one thousand stratic ten pound line, and I can't even turn it around. Fortunately for me, he turned around and come back in the canal, and I landed that thirty two inch snook, and I actually measured him and put him in the star tournament on the measured him on the measuring board, sure, and entered him into the star tournament, which I didn't win anything there, but I actually put about three snook on the that I that was actually legal size. And, and measure them and put them in there. But the thing is, what makes it so great is as you're going out, I can bass fish, and like one day I'd catch, I'd, I'd, I'd caught six bass and four snook on that plug. And when I get to the main boat ramp, I decide at that point, do I want to turn around and go back to the house, or do I want to go on out and saltwater fish? Well, so Yeah, when you're catching fish right there, why leave? But Yeah, yeah, yeah. really. You know, and as Dave pointed out, uh, going up there and getting to fish with him, taking out my fly rod and catching some of them stump knockers and uh, some of the bluegill shell cracker. You there, there. It's a, it's a, it's a. You got it all. You got clear water. You can look at the manatee swimming around, the alligators, the snook, the trout, the uh, mullet, just by the, and and crabs. You can get Big it all right mullets. there in the river. So <laughs> I well, know it's crazy, isn't it? How mm-hmm. you can do that? And I know that there used to be some friends who used to go up there and go boat fishing for. Uh, freshwater mullet and swear it tastes so much different than saltwater mullet especially those ones that hang out in all those springs and everything they don't seem to be quite as oily uh and they uh would go up there and just get a mess of them i mean a big old mess of them well yesterday i went up to the g5 and i bought me one of those 30 quart angle with live bait coolers Mm -hmm. i've got a 40 gallon live well on my boat but i very rarely ever use live bait i'm a plug-in man and usually top water but, you know, there's a lot of times people that go with me aren't able to throw that plug all day long, day in and day out. You know, it'll wear you out. But so I've, I bought that cooler to run up to a uh, uh, place in Home Assassin, pick me up some shrimp. But me and Gene went out and there's an area it goes from like six foot and it drops almost about a less than a 10 degree slope slope to about 32 feet. Wow. Well, and, as cold as it's getting, it might uh, bring well, in some big fish I'm, and hold them. So I'm going to, this coming week, I'm, I'm going to get me some live bait, and I'm going to get with Gene, and we're going to run out there. We tried it the other day with some, you know, just cut bait, dead bait, didn't do any good. and uh, But I came back in, I caught plenty of trout, you know, trout. There, the water temperature in the river is 70, 72 degrees year-round. So when you get on out on the outside, the water temperature may get down into the upper 50s, but it has to really get cold to do that. But mainly it runs in the, you know, 60 to 65 degree range, which is fantastic. I know that. Fishing. Yeah. And not only the trout, but as you said, the snooks seem to like it as well certain times of the year. I mean, yep. they'll get up in that clear water. It seems like they uh, stay a little warmer, a little more active. Right. Uh, I know when I was a kid, they'd grow up over here in the dirty water. They'd get on that dark, wherever there was a mud bottom and try to stay warm. Well, that's exactly what they do up there, too. You can get out there on those shallow areas in the middle of the day when the sun 
is really out and shining bright, you know, and it, the, the, the bottom's exposed. But then when that water comes back in, even the trout, they'll pilfer back up into those areas there. But the, the kayakers, as you said earlier, are really unbelievable. Uh, it's, it's really unbelievable now. I, I, you know, there was a time that they were fighting, trying to eliminate outboards in the river, but yeah, I don't think together. that'll ever happen because you've got so many people. That's their livelihood up there. But, you know, they restricted the kayaks down south of there, Wikiwachi, Bayport area. They actually, and, uh, they restricted the number of kayakers because they had gotten so heavy. So they may end up having to do something like that there also. But well, not that we want to see anybody put out or right. restricted from the waters. But the no, they've the, got they've got every right to be in there too. But the navigational side of it, when you're coming through, as we pointed out earlier, the the rocks that are in the river and the lower units that get messed up. When you're running that river, you got to kind of be on the plane anyway. Uh, so because it is some shallow areas running through the marked channels and. Uh, but when the, you come in there and the kayakers are right in the middle of it, man, it it, it could be treacherous at the time or two. But um, but everybody has the right to be out there, and so not beating anybody up. But when you're in a kayak, because I've been in them and I've been in canoes, and I'm definitely not going to be in the running channel. I'm going to be skirting the edges. Be doing, on the edge. Yeah. I mean, that's what you, you got shallow water running. Yeah, but you know, it is what it is. It does happen. Well, that's one of those rivers where you either got to go or you got to idle the entire way. That's exactly right. It's, it's, You've only got a few areas that that you can actually get up in, so you got to deal with that. I mean, that's uh, but, you better know where you're at at exactly. all times. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. Otherwise, that's why you need to go with a guy like Dave. Otherwise, you'll be thinking you hit like I hit 16 manatees just trying to get out to the Gulf of Mexico today. Yeah, when you go into Barrr! the spring right now, there's about 20 or 30 manatees in the spring now. I know, so you got to be really careful. And when you look at them, you you got those prop marks on them. I showed my granddaughter that the other day, and my wife was with me one day last week. And um, but they're thick in there, and they'll come right up to you, you know. But the thing is. I've always taught my kids it's great to go up there and kayak, but when you kayak, you've got to be respectable because a lot of people that go up there have never even been in a kayak. Nope. They've never been in the water. They don't know the navigation, you know, laws as far as, you Those know. Those markers actually mean something, don't right. they do? Well, we'll yeah. get into it more when we come back from break. We are the Big and Wild Outdoors. We're brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors and Brandon Ford. Stay with us, you guys. Welcome back, everybody. Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden Glenn, Dave, and uh, Bill George in the studio today. Aaron's over answering the phones. Don't forget, you can register for that uh, wicked light that we're going to be giving away at the end of the show. All you have to do is uh, call the studio, talk to Aaron, and uh, give her your name and your phone number, 888-404-1010. That's 888-404-1010. And uh, we'll give that wicked light away at the end of the show today. It is a head-mounted... Wicked light, spotlight type thing. The one before that one we gave away was the uh, mounted rifle one or handheld jobber. And before that, we gave away another headset. But this is the last one that we're giving away. So good way to bring in the new year. Win yourself a nice little prize and after Christmas gift uh, kind of deal. So I can uh, promise you, you won't send this one back. No, no. no. And so uh, give us a call. 888-404-1010. That's 888-404-1010. We'll put your name in the hat. Before the break, we were talking about... Doing a little fishing up in the Chaz area, Chazawiska, up in the river area up there. But I wanted to ask you, Dave, I know that you fish a lot of the river area while you're up there, but how are things out in the Gulf? Do you get a chance to get out there where the, 
I haven't been up there in so long. I don't even know if those old oyster bars are still there up in the northern side of it. And uh, there used to be some that were really, it, it was kind of weird up there because you had the shallows, then it would kind of drop off a little bit. You have the, that little channel that ran through there and it would get shallow again. And then it, of course, went out for about 100 miles and then it dropped off again. But that little swale that used to run through there, I mean, I'm not talking narrow. It was wide. I mean, it was a quarter of a mile or so wide. And that used to be the spot, not only for tarpon. I know Bob Puccinelli uh, used to go up there and uh, just slay the oh, tarpon yeah. in there with with a purple demon. Uh, he would go up there, middle of the day, sunshine, and boop, throw that purple demon all day. And boom, 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 he'd be catching tarpon all day. Well, I tell you, I, I just talked to Kevin. I was talking to Kevin Little last night. I told him that there's an area right there. It's at, at Dog Island at Chaz. It's in the main channel going out through the sawgrass. And um, you can actually, if you wanted to stop right there, the tarpon gets so thick right there. It's, it's. I mean, they'll be within 20 feet of your boat. Yeah. I mean, and constantly breaking the water, constantly. But, you know, that area is well known for record book tarpon. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, th- I think everybody ones. everybody thinks you either have to go to Boca Grande or you have oh, to go that's... off the Skyway or you have to go, you know, uh, between Gandy and, and the Skyway and catch tarpon. And up there, I'd say what I liked about them up there is it's not like trying to reel a Jeep off the bottom as it is in Boca Grande. Totally different. It's flats. They're right. running. You better have yeah, a lot of line on that bad boy because they are going bazing <laughs> that way, and you get a nice, you get a bunch of jumps. You get somebody in the back yelling, "Start the engine!" You know, because you got to get line back. And I mean, it, it's a different kind of tarpon fishing up there than it is like out in the Gulf or down in Boca Grande. Well, I tell you what, I what I do, I love watching them. I mean, I'll be out there fishing some of those flats, and I look out across towards Northwest Keys or. To the south around Crawl Key and then to the north side of, of the uh, county line markers, which on the south side is Hernando, north side uh, Citrus. But those guys, sometimes you'll see 15 and maybe upwards of 20, you know, flats boats. And every one of them are rigged up with two trolling motors. You know, they're all tarpon guys. And there'll be a guy back there pulling and he's he's pulling through roughly at the deepest four or five foot of water. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it's even shallower than that. Of course, then when they'll go across those cuts in between those bars, there's a couple of really big, wide cuts like you're talking about. It'll get down to about anywhere from six to ten feet. Ten feet, yeah. But those tarpon are there constantly. But if you're out there fishing, you'll just keep watching them. Next thing you know, there'll, there'll be a fish breaking the water. Probably he looks like he's 50 or 100 yards from the boat. And you look across there, and you got a guy that's got him hooked on a fly rod. Yeah, and that is that's really that's fun to away. watch. Yeah. He's he's done out there a hundred or hundred fifty yards, and that fish is breaking the water. But there are so many of them up there in the spring, and right up until uh, November, we're still plenty of tarpon in there. Yeah, those are resident <laughs> ones. I don't know. I, I I never could understand why they were always there. Uh, they don't migrate like like the ones that go through Boca Grande and all yeah. that stuff like that. And you're right. There are some big nasties that are pulled out of that area. Cause I know Pooch used to go up. That was his spot. And uh, like I said, he wouldn't throw anything but a purple demon and would nail them every, all the, all day. Yeah. All day. But here's the, here's the problem that a lot of people don't realize. And which is probably why there's not a ton of them 
coming from the outside going in there is because if you got a high tide looking out across there looks like wide open water sure but if you go lickly split across there it might not be but six inches over those rocks and those rocks are like rows and they're like blades it's like that lime rock that protrudes up from the bottom and it comes up and then it'll just start winding and then all of a sudden it'll it'll literally if you go up there and look at boats that stay there look at their skegs it's like you took a knife or a saw and just cut them off yep and that's there that's that's a lot of the issues so i tell guys they say man how do you run that place i said what you've got to do you come up here and you stay out here on one of those extreme low tides and then when you look out across there you'll see why you just can't tear out and go across there yeah. you know you you got you to pay attention now I, i've messed up i've <laughs> yeah. messed up a couple of times and i've been going there since i was 10 i've been running a boat up there since i was about 19 or 20 is first time i ever actually went outside and ran a boat which was an old 15 foot trial hole you know the walk through windshield and uh but after you know a few years of of learning my lesson i know when i have to idle and i know when i can get up now the boat i got now has a tunnel and I, I run the river at about 3,800 RPMs, which puts me at about 25 or so mile an hour. And it's, you know, so it's, I can maneuver the river pretty good now. You got a jack plate on the back of that thing oh, yeah. to get it up out of there? I run it out and I run mine up at about, to about three inches because that's about the limit as far as how I can run it and still make the corners. But I slide the corners. But then I've got the power steering too. So it helps me to be able to, go into a slide and then straighten it back out, you know, real quick. So, but those, most of those guides, there's about six regular guides up there. And most of them, with exception of about one or two that have the, uh, like a 20 foot sea arc or whatever, but the rest of them have the old skiffs, the mullet skiffs. Sure. They know. don't draw hardly any water at all. Right. So you're all good. Yeah. As long as you got the engine that'll clear it, yeah, put one of those right. little gators or one of those shaft drivers. Oh, on there's the a lot of those surface drives up there. Yeah, now. exactly. But most of the guys, there's a couple of them that run the uh, the jet pumps on the bottom of those, like a 90 horse or a 115. And but the, for the most part, they're all still running lower units. Yeah, well, jobs. the perfect boat up there would be one of those ones that they use up in Alaska that they used to oh, run all yeah. those rivers and stuff. They run there. across those rocks. Yeah, well, yeah. about four inches of water is all you need to get through there and uh, yeah. run up at full speed. But uh, Polymer airboat. Yeah, well, that'll work, <laughs> there too, you go. Yeah. if they would allow them anymore. That polymer uh, bottom is the, is the ticket. Yeah, it'll slide you right over, but you still know you hit it. Yeah, it's going to give you a thump. <laughs> Kaboom. What was that? Nothing. Just keep going. Well, Dave, with the plugs that I have here, so if I get the opportunity to come up and do some fishing next week, uh, Let me see that one. I, is that uh, the smaller one? I asked Kevin Little when we were out there at Southeastern Tackle, what the, what's your secret? And uh, he said, I would take these two plugs right here. And I would fish along Dave any day of the week. Now, oh this, yeah, the, the Miradine, That's that's a fish catching. When they come, when Mirror Lure came out with this lure right here, it's probably I, I don't know. It's probably their probably their number one seller. I would think. I'm an M77 fan myself, but I like the slow. Well, sinkers. I'm a 7M man. Yeah. I, oh really? Yes. That's old school, man. Yeah. You know, well, but I use the S the S series. I use the S series. And the MRs, you know, and uh, I like the red hooks. The red hooks seem to be tougher than the black hooks. 
the black hooks will break, the red hooks will give a little bit, and then I can straighten them back out. But when you try to straighten the black hook out, it breaks. Snaps. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's really funny. Uh, you know, Dave's been doing it all a long time when he brings up the old lures like the old Mavericks, which uh, during the break, Glenn was looking them up online yeah. and you, you can't find them anymore. If, so if anybody has them in their tackle box and you don't fish anymore, go ahead and call the show and uh, we'll make you an offer. Yeah, you know, there's areas. Especially the chartreuse with a white belly. Uh, yeah. Let me know what you got. I just, I'm just. I like the floating twitch bait. Now I do, I do use uh, the ones that walk the dog. Uh, I use those in the you know quite a bit. Yeah, I'm a slow sinker fan. I like those, and of course anything that you can catch on any type of type water, uh, top water is always the most fun to watch. It's, except when they're missing it. Come on, man! Yeah, Come can, on, can't man! Can't you see that plug? What's wrong with you, you <laughs> stupid fish? All right, listen, don't forget, we're going to give away that wicked light at the end of the show, so give us a call, 888-404-1010. That's 888-404-1010. We'll put your name in. All we need is your name and your phone number so we can get a hold of you, and uh, you have the chance to win. So all you got to do is give us a call. We're brought to you by Brandon Ford and the great folks out of G5 Feed and Outdoor, and yeah, they're open today. Go see them. <laughs> 